Ladies and gentlemen. You know, as I can take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 103 of the Choke Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Man, we got a lot going on. Coronavirus, WrestleMania, is it still going to go on? I got the top five funniest things that would happen if we had an empty arena WrestleMania. We're about to talk about it all look we got a lot of wrestling topics to get into as well the next challenger for john moxley we got a lot to talk about but first you can find me at link tr.ee slash two sweet pod you can find me on twitter at two sweet pod and at omg Corey b so first we're gonna get into the soapbox ladies and gentlemen i posted out on twitter i said got some that grinds your gears and wrestling what a soapbox segment is for you drop all of the things that annoy you in wrestling and i dropped mine i talked about Shayna baszler and how she just ran through the women's division i absolutely hated it at the elimination chamber and we got a response in from idris underscore yakabu he says yes her success was so simple, it makes the other competitors look like they have never competed in the ring. And that was my gripe about it all along, man. Like, you don't want to build up your women's division. Like, you don't want to have competitive challengers after Shayna Baszler wins the title. She just ran through everybody, and that really upset me, ladies and gentlemen. So, we are going to get into the topics of the day and man first up is the coronavirus like it's a very serious thing we go i think i think man dealing with serious situations that you know stresses out or whatever i think we like laughter is the best medicine man that's just my take on things and we're gonna have some fun with this and we're gonna talk about the serious side as it of it as well but first look man I like to be a fly on the wall. They go have this vote for uh for, for Tampa Bay. I think uh, that is going down today, later today. And I like to be a fly on the wall. If Tampa Bay goes up to Vincent Kennedy McMahon and tells him, uh-uh, you ain't running your WrestleMania this year. Like I can imagine all the air punching that Vince McMahon would do in that room. <laughs> I just want to be a fly on the wall to see that. Like, man, here's the deal, man. Here it is. There's a lot of things being talked about. You know, would it be canceled? I looked at the NBA last night, man. I see the, the season gets suspended last night. March Madness is being placed in an empty arena at the moment, or it could be suspended. I uh, will see about that. Uh, at the moment, it's empty arena. But. Looking at, if we're going to turn this thing to a funny uh, aspect, I'm going to look at the top five funniest things that would happen if we had an empty arena WrestleMania. So we're going to start at the very top, ladies and gentlemen. Number one, you ain't born Roman Reigns in the WrestleMania main event this time. <laughs> like, nah. Like, if we do an empty arena WrestleMania, they can finally have Roman Reigns in the main event. The crowd not going to overtake the match. They're not gonna, they cannot go shut down the match because there ain't going to be no crowd. Roman Reigns can be in the main event. He ain't going to get booed one lick. 
So moving on, number two, ladies and gentlemen, the the second funniest thing is the pyro, the glitz, and the glamour of WrestleMania. Can you imagine having all that pyro, having all that glitz and glamour, and for it to be an empty arena? Like, we're starting the show, there's pyro going on and whatnot, and like, nobody is there. Number three, ladies and gentlemen, the entrances. Could you imagine the Undertaker's entrance in an empty arena? The gong goes off and there's no pop there for it. It would be the absolute weirdest thing in a recent wrestling history to have the arena filled with smoke. <laughs> the lights go out and there's nobody there. Uh, moving on to number four, ladies and gentlemen, wrestlers calling spots. McJohnson is going to be at this WrestleMania, if there is a WrestleMania. And look, he is the loudest spot caller in wrestling history. Like, Johnson is going to be echoing off of that arena. It's so, not the arena, Sophie Stadium, Sophie Stadium, when he's calling spots. Moving on to number five, the announcers doing their job. Like, could you imagine Michael Cole saying it's boss time in an empty arena? Wouldn't that be the weirdest thing ever? He already gets on my nerves. To, to, you mean to tell me there's not going to even be fans there? It's just going to be Michael Cole and Corey Graves and whoever else? That would drive me crazy, but it would be hilarious. So, man, at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, Here's my thing. They they gotta cancel it. Like it is is what I think is gonna happen. I think they're gonna cancel WrestleMania or postpone it. At this point, the NBA has suspended its season. Uh, March Madness. I may. I'm thinking March Madness is gonna be suspended or canceled as well. They gotta do it. And you mean to tell me, like for anybody that thinks WrestleMania should go on, like we got eighty thousand people and probably more even more than that coming in from all around the world because you know WrestleMania is an international thing it's not a US thing and you mean to tell me people want that to go on like the NBA is one thing um, college basketball is one thing but WrestleMania is a whole nother thing we talking about 80,000 people going to one city and for sure, WrestleMania, in my opinion, was the first thing that should have gotten postponed or canceled or whatnot. At the end of the day, I, I, I just don't see any way that we have this vote and WrestleMania still goes on. Like Vincent, like I know Vince McMahon, it's Vince McMahon. We all think, man, Vince crazy. He's still going to do it. Well, the, the vote has to be taken out of his hands by the city of Tampa Bay. And they have to do the right thing. That's just my opinion on the situation. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we got Lance Archer. And as it would turn out, we had all this discussion about Jake the Snake Roberts and who the client was at AEW for him. And we had a lot of Brody Lee discussion, myself included. But it turns out to be Lance Archer, who's the client for Jake the Snake. And you know what? At the, at the beginning, I was like, oh, man, I was slightly disappointed because it wasn't Brody Lee. I was expecting that. And that's my fault. Usually, as fans, we, we get our expectations way up to a certain level and we get let down because we set our expectations way up there. That's my fault. But at the end of the day, Lance Archer is a tremendous fit for Jake Roberts. 
Jake McRoberts, I assume, is going to be the mouthpiece for Lance Archer. Lance Archer is muscle. He is the prototypical big man uh, in today's wrestling. Can fly around the little guys, can muscle around the big guys. And it wasn't as big of a debut. They just kind of strolled up in the middle of Cody's match and just strolled into the crowd. Wasn't a big debut, but it was cool. You know what? Let's give it a chance to see how it plays out. I'm very interested in the storyline. Uh, Lance Archer, like, what is the first match going to be? I'm interested in that. Is it going to be Cody? Is it going to be somebody else? So at the end of the day, I'm very excited with the choice. It's not Brody Lee, but... I, I'm very interested to see how this works out. Lance Archer with Jake Roberts. It should be highly interesting. So, moving on to highly interesting, we're going to move on to John Moxley and who the next opponent should be. Uh, as soon as John, uh, John Moxley won the title from Chris Jericho, I was thinking, you know what? What happens next? Uh, seeing that Chris Jericho is about to go on his tour with Fozzie, assumedly, we'll see. Uh, that's, that's That was the word last I heard. But, who should be the next challenger? Like a lot of people were saying uh, names. Like I put it, I put that out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. I want to say or last week, one of the two. And a lot of people were saying, you know what? Uh, whether that be Darby Allen, a lot of interesting names were coming up. And I gotta say, as it pertains to Darby Allen, like not yet. You can tell that this guy, this dude, is gonna be a star in AEW. But not yet for the world title because he still has some unfinished business with Sammy Guevara. I'd like to see him take care of that first. A lot of more interesting names that were coming up. But I seen the sit-down interview that John Moxley had with Jim Ross uh, last night. Funny thing, when I see Jim Ross having a sit-down interview, I always think somebody's going to pull a cane or a mankind on poor old JR. But besides that, that nonetheless... They had a great sit-down. Jim Ross said that he could see Jake Hager as somebody being the next challenger. And I said, you know what? That is the opportune next dude, the next challenger for John Moxley. I think Jake Hager is the guy. Look, I think it has to be somebody within the inner circle because John Moxley clearly isn't done with them yet. Uh, but it can't be Chris Jericho. Uh, and it obviously cannot be Sammy Gavarik and it can be LAX as well or proud and powerful as they're called now So I think Jake Hager is the right next choice uh, He needs a big-time feud got the big victory over Dustin Rhodes and a world title program in which he looks good But loses the match to John Moxley does both guys great good like I know the narrative will be ours oh, That's two former WWE guys going at it like we need to just shut up about that man like if you look through the annals of wrestling history we've had a lot of former guys man if you just look at wwe right now look at all of the former ring of honor guys get all of the former impact wrestling guys are going through that so they're gonna be guys that come from somewhere i want to stay landing the company that's just my opinion on the take jake Hager is the next guy that i would like to see i uh, take on john moxley so speaking of guys taking each other on we got edge and orton that we're going to talk about next uh edge was in quite the weird segment uh monday night raw i absolutely hated that they announced his return like that kind of killed the buzz in my opinion i would love if Edge just popped up out of nowhere i'm an old school person that's the way i like my returns but that nonetheless mvp is out there and he gets into it with edge mvp was miscast in this uh, 
that segment, in my opinion, like, what was even the point of having MVP there? Like, that's just my opinion. Edge gets into it with MVP. Randy Orton comes back around. Uh, and Edge and Orton is getting into it. Edge hits him with an RKO. And he takes out MVP with the chair as well. I think this feud. The guys for the segment overall, I thought that MVP... I said he kind of hampered it in my opinion, but the segment overall was well done despite knowing Edge was going to show up. Uh, I loved it. I love that it advanced this feud. Uh, in the meantime, I'm very interested to see how much more they build this thing up. And I'm very excited, man. Edge versus Orton is the most interesting match on that WrestleMania card. And by far. To me, in my opinion, I don't think it should be the main event, but it is the most interesting match on that card. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. I might be doing a video build up for Edge Orton. Just stay tuned. Check out the Twitter at Too Sweet Pie. To the Twitter account at Too Sweet Pie. Just, just keep your eyes on that. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of things we got to keep our eyes on, Ricochet. Like, man. We, we, we see the report that Vince McMahon has fallen out of favor with Ricochet and we got this word going around that I really think wrestling fans use too much and that word is buried and like okay Ricochet lost the match to Brock Lesnar in unspectacular fashion and like five six minutes it was horrible and clearly he lost the match for in, in, in the 24-7 title match. He lost that as well. So you're thinking, man, what the heck is going on with Ricochet? And I hope that, man, Ricochet is so talented. And if used right, the dude could be a star on the roster. That's just my opinion on the take. So I hate to see him going through this. I don't know if the report about Vince McMahon is true or not. Because the last report I seen like that. It was that Vince McMahon had fallen out of favor with Shayna Baszler. And you see what's going on with her right now. So I don't know what to believe on that report. Ah, at the end of the day, I just hope WWE uses Ricochet better. I hope the best for the guy because, like, that's uh, clearly that's a star in the company. Uh, he has it all in my opinion. That's just my take on it. And I just hope that, look, man. Use the guy right or send him back to NXT. If you're not going to use him right, let him go to NXT. Send him back to Triple H. Triple H is going to know what to do with him. That's just my take on the situation. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hop into some Impact Wrestling as I take a sip of water here. We got Michael Elgin and Eddie Edwards. They had a best of match and... Got down to the final match. They're fighting over the Carrier Shot Trophy. And what we had on Impact was a fantastic matchup. And look, man, I, I, I don't like confusing endings. Not necessarily confusing endings, but I don't like non-simplistic endings to matches. That's just me. What we had was Eddie Edwards getting the pin... But Michael Elgin had, had him in a submission as well. So we had a Eddie Edwards tap out and a pinfall from Eddie Edwards. So we had a dispute there. We had two referees out. And I didn't necessarily like the ending to that matchup. But at the end of the day, Tessa Blanchard comes down. And the winner was, was slated to get a title shot versus Tessa Blanchard at Rebellion. Uh, Tessa Blanchard says, you know what? I'll take both of you on. 
and we have ourselves a triple threat match at Rebellion. And I gotta say that it is gonna be a tremendous matchup. I gotta say that, you know what, man? Tessa Blanchard needs some type of momentum uh, in this matchup. So if Impact is gonna roll on with this Tessa Blanchard title reign, it has kind of hit a drag a little bit since she won it. Uh, she really needs a defining victory outside of her championship win so that would be it against Mike uh, against either Elgin or Edwards either that or they gotta pull the plug if they feel like it's it's not going as well as they thought so I'm very interested in this matchup to see how it turns out where impact will go with it but the ending to the Elgin and Edwards uh on the last impact I didn't really like but we'll see how the triple threat goes speaking of things I don't really like Rob Gronkowski like, I'm sitting there watching WWE backstage, and you know what? I missed the beginning of whatnot, so I just so happened to turn it on. And right when I turned it on, Ryan Satin is on there, and he said that uh, WWE and Rob Gronkowski are in negotiations to sign Grunt to WWE, and it is official. Grunt is in WWE, and man, I don't like it, bro. Why does WWE have to be the retirement home? For all of these athletes, like uh, Kane Velasquez is through with, with UFC and WWE is the retirement home. I know Kane Velasquez did some stuff uh, uh, in uh, other places. I think triple yeah, in Triple A, but like WWE is just the retirement home for these guys, and like anybody can come in. Tyson Fury can come in. He's not retired, but he can come in and be in WWE. And now we have Rob Gronkowski. Like I don't like it because. This is taking away opportunity. Whatever they do with Gronk, I don't know what it is. It's going to take away opportunity from an, another uh, deserving guy. And that is something I don't like to see, ladies and gentlemen. Like, at the end of the day, like, Rob Gronkowski is harmless. But eh, I'm not interested in this. I don't see what it does for WWE. Like, it doesn't generate any type of revenue for WWE. Like, Rob Gronkowski is not that guy anymore. He's retired. He's not all that interesting to me. But we'll see how it turns out. So, moving on to seeing how things turn out, man. Gargano and Choppa on the most recent episode of WWE NXT. Look, initially, I think it was two weeks ago, I said that I am not interested in this feud. Like, it has been done one or two too many times for me to get interested in it this time. Nevertheless, that was a hell of a brawl uh, last night. And, like, we had everything in that brawl. We had weights. We had Gargano doing a Marty Janetti to Ciampa just threw the man through uh, something, through, through a door if I'm not mistaken. And we had it all, man. We had Ciampa sending Gargano through the announce table. That was nice as well. And it was just a fantastic brawl to get people interested, back interested into the field. Uh, at the end of the day, does it excite me? Yes, it does. Does it change my mind that it is not exactly the most exciting feud to be doing right now? Is it one too many times? Yes, I still feel that way. But job well done last night. And I very much enjoyed it. Speaking of job well, jobs that were well done. I'm going to move on to the next subject. Britt Baker and Big, 
swole, ladies and gentlemen. Britt Baker comes out last night on AEW and she's giving an interview with Tony Schiavone or cutting a promo with Tony Schiavone and it is kind of going back and forth like uh, Britt Baker in this heel turn for me she's been hit or miss and it was kind of hit but drifting toward miss throughout this promo so Big Swole comes out and what we had was a fantastic back and forth as Big Britt Baker was talking down on Big Swole last week. So I'm very interested in this feud. Uh, we had the husbands getting called out in this uh, promo. Normally, I don't like that when they when we involve the spouses, but it was well done last night. I enjoyed every bit of it. And you know what? Give me a Britt Baker and Big Swole feud. I just got done complaining last week about how AEW doesn't tell enough story for me. And this is a legitimate story. A long-term storyline seems that's going to be built up. And they have me interested in the feud. So I am very interested to see where this Britt Baker and Big Swole feud goes in the future. So, yeah, man, job well done, AEW, job well done. So, moving on, I'm going to stick with AEW, and I got a, got a question here. What is the more interesting feud, or the more interesting possible feud? Hangman Page and uh, Omega have the Tag Team Championships right now, and we all assume that that's leading to Hangman versus Omega as the tension continues to build up. But as the tension continues to build up in the Elite, what is the more interesting possible feud? Is it Hangman versus Omega or Hangman Page versus Matt Jackson? Look, I'm here to say that I have been waiting for some type of heel turn for months now as it pertains to Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. I'm very much interested in that possible feud. I think it would be a tremendous feud. But I am more interested in Matt Jackson versus Hangman Page, believe it or not, because I don't know if AEW intentionally meant to do this, but they are building up one of the most interesting singles feuds in the entire company. And Matt Jackson versus Hangman Page, they take swipes at each other left and right. Uh, would it be Hangman taking a swipe at him? I think it was Matt Jackson that said that Hangman was a jobber in that interview that they had with Jim Ross. So uh, whether that be the tag, uh, tag team championship match that they had at Revolution, they were going back and forth with each other. I am just more interested in seeing Matt Jackson versus Hangman Page at this point. And despite that, you know what? Hangman and Omega are the champions. The Young Bucks are obviously the Young Bucks. They're a tag team. But this is what I want to see. And I think that AEW, another tremendous job has been done with the storytelling of the tension in the elite. Uh, all at the same time, the elite is there for each other. I, I like that, though. We had Matt Jackson come out last night to try to save the day for Hangman Page. Obviously, they both get beat down at the end of the show. But there's still some underlying tension there. I'm more interested in Matt Jackson versus Hangman Page, ladies and gentlemen. So, moving on, uh, we got the announcement that the Exalted One will be revealed next week on AEW for the Dark Order. And, man, 
there is some tension here there is some excitement here there's a little bit of everything because everybody thinks it's gonna be Matt Hardy and look man I'm wanting to say that okay Brody Lee wasn't with Jake Roberts so Brody Lee has to go somewhere could it be Brody Lee you know what I wouldn't be Disappointed if it were Brody Lee. I think it is a I think he would be a tremendous addition and it would be nice to bring up a guy, a young guy such as him, into a uh, stable that needs uh, something that needs excitement. Brody Lee would be tremendous. A debut from him as the exalted one would be tremendous. I think as it pertains to the wrestling community overall, I think people would be let down. If it were not Matt Hardy at this point, everybody and their mothers are thinking, okay, Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy as the Exalted One. Look, man, we'll see what happens at this point. The Exalted One is coming next week. I am very excited. And we'll see how it turns out. Speaking of very excited, man, I'm going to talk about wrestling crowds, man. It's something that I just noticed over watching AEW, man, versus WWE. How is it that well, I watch the WWE show, whether that be Raw or SmackDown, and I watch the AEW show, and the crowds are just completely different, man. Like, AEW, I haven't seen a bad AEW crowd yet as it pertains to AEW Dynamite. And, like, the only way I can explain this is that, man, there is just a certain hunger for an alternative, and AEW has been that, in my opinion. They haven't been perfect, but they have been an alternative, in my opinion, and the crowds just thrive on that, and clearly, AEW is fresh, and it is new, so the crowds thrive on that as well. We have had some tremendous crowds for AEW Dynamite, and... I guess it's just for the fact that WWE is so formalatic, Raw is the same thing every week, it seems, or at least SmackDown, I'm going to tell you about SmackDown for sure is the same thing that we see every single week. So the crowds just kind of get used to that, and what we've gotten used to with AEW is tremendous uh, matches week in and week out, tremendous programming week in and week out, and the crowds just exemplify that. So, job well done to AW. I love these crowds. And, like, it is just a stark difference between the AW crowd and the WWE crowd, in just my opinion. Will's that, like, I wish WWE, like, the crowds used to be amazing, just not so much anymore. So, moving on to the final topic of the day blood and guts. Look, man, I've seen this uh, promotional commercial at Revolution. And the first thing I said was, man, that is going to be an awesome pay-per-view for uh, AEW. And sure, we're getting we're, we're getting the Elite versus the Inner Circle. However, there's a phrase that I kind of like to use that I didn't necessarily come up with. And it applies here. That is that AEW fumbled the bag, man. Like, you could have had war games. You build that as your first war games. You build that as a pay-per-view. You could have built an entire pay-per-view around this. And look, I, I appreciate that it's going to be on network television. It's going to be on free TV. Look, I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. But 
your very first war games like you could have built an entire pay-per-view around this and made a huge bag on that uh, based on nostalgia alone man you know how all of us wrestle fans love war games and even the, the, the fans of this generation now love it because of nxt and triple h and look i love it because dusty built it dusty made it and it would have been a tremendous pay-per-view it would have been musty tv i would have been there that's just my opinion it is still going to be a phenomenal matchup i'm still very much looking forward to it i know the inner circle and the elite are going to tear the house down so it is going to be very exciting nonetheless so that is it ladies and gentlemen for this uh, episode of the two sweet podcast we'll see what goes down in wrestling we'll see what go do- goes down with this coronavirus tampa bay wrestlemania empty arena cancellation i think that thing is going to be postponed it better be postponed that's just my opinion on the take we'll see how it turns out let me know your thoughts at two sweet pie and at omg Corey b on twitter i am out